Hammer time! What's up and welcome to the HorrorCast. This is episode number 74. Tonight we're going to continue our foray into the Hammer Horror Catalog. During this series, each host has picked two movies from the Hammer Catalog to explore, to watch, and most of these are brand new to us. Uh, This is a horror blind spot for many of us here at the HorrorCast, and uh, we've been having fun with this. We hope you guys out there listening or having fun and watching along as well. My name is Mark Nato and I am your host tonight. Walshy uh, will not be here tonight, but uh, we're our motto, the show must go on. So we are going to uh, bring in two other great co-hosts. Let's bring in uh, Taminator. Taminator, what's up? Hello, guys. Hello, everybody. I'm happy to be here tonight because I missed the last one because I had taken ill, so... I'm back and ready to go. Got got rid of that coronavirus? <laughs> I sure did. All I gave right. it to someone else. Yep. That's all right. Hey, pass it along. Pass sure. it along. Share and share like is what I always say. All right. Also, uh, joining us tonight from Connecticut, uh, Mr. Revenant Vin. What's up? Hey, what's up? Um yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to these especially uh, to discuss. And I will I do want to reiterate that, you know, we don't always we don't always say it <laughs> every episode, um, but for new listeners, we we do spoil old films, mm-hmm. and I want to say that right off the bat because I think that the second film we talk about, especially, oh, you yeah. should not go into with any spoilers. I mean, um, the less you know about these, I think actually both of these films going into uh, the better. So please, if you have not watched them yet, uh, do so first before listening. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, if we're if we're covering something that's you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years old. You should have seen it by now. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But if you're listening to a podcast about it, just watch the movie first. That way you get all your bases covered. All right. Well, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, We we, uh, are having a a major crisis of co-hosts tonight. Uh, uh, Brandon Young is taken ill. Uh, Maybe he's the one that you passed the coronavirus to. Yes. I'm not sure. Yeah. Or gal Susan has something going on. Uh, she said she might pop on later. We'll see. And then uh, Mr. Watson is working, and uh, because you know we got this huge time difference, he's out there in Washington State, and we're on the East Coast. So we are going to soldier on with this incredible trio right here. I mean, I I think we're three of the best co-host that the horror cast has to offer right three out of the best seven yes three out of the best seven most definitely (laughs) and also three of the best looking so Mm -hmm. you know all right so we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna get right into brides of dracula 
All right, we are back. All right, guys, uh, let's get right into this. Um, we're going to start right now by just rolling this trailer from uh, Hammer Studios 1960, Brides of Dracula. Listen to the beat of your heart, Marianne. You hear the beat of fear within you? Fear that will rise to a shattering crescendo of terror. You have strayed into a world of evil, where frightened people are held in the grip of unearthly horror. Beware of pity for the handsome prisoner in the Castle Meister. Beware of love, for in your heart is only the pulsating throb of terror. Starring Peter Cushing as the doctor locked in mortal combat with overwhelming evil. Also starring Frida Jackson as Greta, who served the vampires with insane loyalty. <laughs> Look! You needn't be afraid, she's dead. Martita Hunt, the Baroness, victim of her own son. Beautiful Yvonne Molore, France's latest sex kitten, as Marianne whose beauty was her passport to the twilight world of the undead. <laughs> David Peel as the Baron, blindingly handsome, yet his kiss transformed the most beautiful girls into monsters. That was a trailer for Bride, The Brides of Dracula, 1960. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little bit of a synopsis here. It's I'm, This is nothing I'm making up. This is right off of Rotten Tomatoes. I kind of like their synopses better than uh, IMDb. Hammer Films and director Terrence Fisher. Uh, we've seen that name before, right, guys? Has <laughs> he directed every one that we've uh, done so far? Uh, I think so. Yes, yeah, so our right? second yes. film tonight yeah. will be will be the first one not directed by Terrence Fisher, but uh, followed the excellent horror of Dracula with this well made, richly colored sequel, which suffers only from the conspicuous lack of Dracula himself, since horrors Christopher Lee had declined participation in further Dracula sequels for the time being. In his stead, we have young blonde Baron Minster. Is it Minster? Minster. Minster. Yeah. Um, played by David Peel, providing the requisite vampiric threat. Though imprisoned in the family estate by his mother, Meinster is uh, released from his silver chains by an unsuspecting French teacher, through which he gains access to a veritable smorgasbord of nubile wenches at a girls' school. Fortunately, master vampire killer Dr. Van Helsing, played again by Peter Cushing, is on the case. Besides featuring some of the best acting, photography, and period detail of the Hammer Dracula series, 
This is also one of the first to delve into the more sexual aspects of vampirism with illicit suggestions of incest, sadomasochism, and homosexuality. Oh boy, we in for tonight. <laughs> and I'll, I'll um, go ahead and just preface this. Uh, rating G. <laughs> After I just went all about incest, sadomasochism. Three times fast. Sadomasochism. Sadomasochism. And this thing, it was rated G, but it shows you how far we've right. come. I, I watched it. I watched this one with my son, and he didn't. All that didn't went over his up. head. Yeah, no. he didn't pick up one. I didn't think so, but, you know. Uh, so the cast, of course, uh, Peter Cushing comes back as Dr. J. Van Helsing with more degrees this time. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. He was a doctor in many different things. I'm surprised he fit all that in one card. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, that was a good card, wasn't it? Uh, Martita Hunt as Baroness Meister. Yvonne, is it Munlar? I guess. We'll see. Uh, is Marianne um, Danielle? Uh, Frida Jackson as Greta, um, Miles Mallison as Dr. Tubler, David Peel as the, um, uh, I guess the, the vampiric, I don't know. He's not Dracula, right? No, he is just a vampire. So, mm-hmm. uh, this is kind of a little bit misleading with the brides mm-hmm. of Dracula because he's oh, not yeah. Dracula. And I know a lot of times Dracula is used like just for a you know, a sweeping generalization of vampires, but Dracula is a person, a specific person. Okay. Well, one of the, uh, one of the original titles was disciple of Dracula. And that's Mm -hmm. actually a way more accurate title than. Yeah. I think they wanted to, I think they wanted to take the focus off of David Peel and they wanted to, uh, put it on the, the, the hot women. That's what I think. That's why they said. Oh, I think maybe just Brides of Baron Meinster didn't really sound that good. <laughs> How about just Bride of the Vampire or Brides of the, of the you know. <laughs> uh, Mona Washburn is uh, Frau Lang. Let's see who else we got. Michael Ripper as the coachman. That guy should be arrested for driving under the influence. And uh, yeah, so a couple other people in here, but those are the main uh, main ones. This uh, is 86 minutes long. It was released in January 1st, 1960. Yeah. Nothing but like starting out the decade at the movie theater watching Brides of Jack. So we are going to uh, start it off with Vin. Vin, what were your first impressions? Had you seen this one before? And uh, if so, what'd you think? I hadn't seen it, but I had seen clips of this film in documentaries, mm-hmm. um, and I had a general idea of a lot of things that would happen, and I kind of wish I hadn't, because uh, the story actually gives a decent red herring in the first act that I didn't even register it as a red herring when I first watched it. Uh, it all that being said, I mean, my first reaction is that I felt like I watched an example of Deaf Direction by Terrence Fisher, who is keeping a sometimes sloppy script <laughs> from like completely derailing the film. Um, I think this movie, it, it introduces some really great concepts has some really great memorable scenes, but it's plotting is just nonsensical sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there were, it, there were nearly half dozen writers putting their pens on paper for this one. Um, and it does kind of feel like it, uh, it, there's certain threads that don't really go anywhere. 
Um, but, you know, I feel like I'm already complaining. But, I mean, the fact is I didn't hate the film. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it's just one of those occasions where I kind of got distracted by all the potential that I was seeing that was being passed up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kind of wishing they would explore different threads more. Um, but, anyway, I mean, we've got, once again, exquisite set design and this great direction. Um, and that kind of that kind of distracts you from most of it, you know, almost at least. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure what the story was. Uh, I didn't write this down, but I know I had heard that uh, when this was originally given to Peter Cushing, he said no, because he didn't like the script at all. Well, and there was, that, I get, well, Jamie Sangster wrote the first draft and that yeah, had and, and this is a guy beginning. that this is, that's a famous hammer guy, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean we, we keep talking about Terrence Fisher, but Jimmy Sangster is also very responsible for what hammer did. I mean, he, yeah. he has some great, I mean, the next movie we're going to be talking about, he, he penned. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I that from I don't remember exactly who was who in different situations, but I know that Jimmy Sangster wrote the first draft, and that first draft had Dracula in it, um, mm. in the beginning, and then Christopher Lee turned it down. Yeah. Uh, so then they had to rewrite it, and then there were multiple rewrites, and then, uh, you know, it, I guess towards the end of the film, it had uh, Van Helsing you know, performing basically like black magic in order to defeat them. And yeah. that's something that Cushing said, no, 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 Van Helsing wouldn't do that. That's not true to his character. So they mm-hmm. rewrote that. So they kept on rewriting things. And it does feel like there's different pieces of things in here a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But uh, hey, good for Cushing for not just saying, hey, this is a paycheck, you know, because I mm-hmm. think that would have completely ruined the character of Van Helsing. Um, even uh, I think in this one, he even gets a, you know, a doctor of theology title so it yeah. maybe you know he kind of got into religion because he knew this was something that would help him in his quest uh, against vampires but uh, all right uh, taminator what did you think had you seen this before and uh yeah I, what do you think i don't think i've ever seen it before if i did i don't remember it so i'm going to say i went into it totally blind um you had me at school for girls you know that's one of my favorite settings mm-hmm. of all time but unfortunately, I think that was, which I really like this movie, but mm-hmm. I wish that would have played a little bit more into it. Uh, yeah, I got that in my the notes. Words, yeah, the words <laughs> yeah. right in my mouth. That was like perfect setting. Oh, perfect yeah. Perfect I mean, setting. And, and maybe 1960, they just weren't ready to go all out, you know. And, well, I mean, they like we said, they sort of dipped their toe into the sexu- sexuality pool. And instead, he only really, I mean, we kind of got cheated. He only ended up with like two brides or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, that the whole cycle too of where they got buried and they have um, like a human, I don't know what you would call it, like an aide, somebody that kind of helps them along on their vampire journey. And she guides them to coming back to life. You could have really gone somewhere with that. And yeah. unfortunately, we just didn't quite see as much. And you are missing the Christopher Lee vampire. But I thought that um, David Peel did a really good job. Like, I mean, I made a mental note. Oh, he's not in here. But I don't think I thought about it again for mm-hmm. the rest. So he really did a good job. Um, other than that, it kind of, I mean, it's definitely a, a Hammer film. It kind of follows that. You know, where somebody comes into town and everybody's, it seems like the inn is the meeting place where everybody's got the down low on what's going on. And then somebody gets put in peril yeah. and here yeah. comes Peter Cushing to save the day. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a nice little wrap up of it, but I, I still really liked it. 
um, mm. you know, I thought it was a great story. And I kind of like the metaphysical and the religion getting brought into it, but that also wasn't flushed out very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have your great fight scene, you know, the 10 minute fight scene at the end, which <laughs> with that great flourished acting, you know, and a little bit oh, of ninja yes. moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, yeah, it, it's, it's very, very good. It's just definitely a hammer Dracula movie. Tammy, um, I, I, you were saying about, um, David Peel and you thought he did a good job. I th- mm-hmm. There's, there's something missing for me. Uh, and I'll give you my, my first impressions. I'd never seen this before. Just like Vin, I had, um, definitely seen clips of this, especially of the, the, the girls, you know, cause I think this is really the first time we see, you know, the, uh, in, in, uh, in, in 30, is it 31 Dracula? I yeah. think we see some brides of Dracula in there, right? Yep. Yeah. But are they really up close and personal? I don't remember. No, not too up close. I think you see them in groups, you know, yeah. in their group a little bit, not right in front of the camera. Yeah. I think this is really one of the first times you see, like, the female vampire, right? So I well, think no, we saw uh, it in Horror of Dracula, though. Didn't we? Oh, yeah, yeah, with Mina. Or Lucy, I mean Lucy. Yeah, but was she, did, did you see her fangs and everything? Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, remember she fangs out and they put the cross on her forehead and it burns her. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, but this is a little bit more, um, I guess, sexual. Like like it was saying, like a little bit more, um, you know, uh, especially when, when the one uh, vampire that got uh, turned at the school. Yeah, and uh, and it, she's kind of like very seductive to the girl. Yeah, I actually I wrote down her quote because <laughs> it really took me. Because uh, of course, you know, vampirism and sexual deviance kind of go hand in hand in these mm-hmm. hammer films. Um, but she says, "Marianne, my darling Marianne, uh, have you forgotten your little Gina? Put your arms around me, please. I want to kiss you, Marianne. Please yeah. be kind to me. Say that <laughs> you forgive me for letting him love me." It's like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she she got uh, all up in that, so yeah. it was. Uh, <clears throat> so that's what I mean. It was just kind of like your first, like really full on, um, uh, fleshing out of it, I guess. And so I think a lot of those pictures and a lot of those images are, are pretty uh, standard when you see, uh, female vampire pics. Um, I think that, like like Vin said, in the settings. And, and the the sets and all the, all that man really good. I, actually, a step up from Horror of Dracula, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and you can tell. I mean, so many candles. Holy crap! <laughs> um, but it was more. You know, remember when we talked about Horror of Dracula? There was, you know, something about the the setting that was was not really as gothic. It was like, I don't. Well, they know, end like, up in just like a house. Yeah, for a good portion of the film. Once you leave Dracula's, Dracula's castle, but Dracula's castle wasn't really. Right, it was a spacious, right? Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was like modern, well America. lit, very yeah, furnished. Yeah, yeah. And and the sets in here are are more gothic and more like elaborate and and better dressed. Well, well there's that certain uh, Victorian gaudiness. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, you know, if you ever see like Victorian wallpaper, it's so busy, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's like every, every surface has something on it. it it's completely covered. Yeah. 
but I, I really uh, I liked it, and I liked um, uh, pretty much everybody in the movie. But I, I didn't really like David Peel. I thought really? he was yeah. Uh, there's something I, um, I thought he fit for what he was supposed to be. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's he's basically a spoiled brat. Yeah, little mama's um, boy. Yeah, I mean, he's somebody who's who's never had to work a day in his life and has always had things handed to him. Uh, and he's, you know, it's it, it, the guy was 40, um, yeah. which he looked very young for 40. I mean, he mm-hmm. wasn't that far in age from Peter Cushing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because when I was watching it with my son, he kept referring to him as the boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, my son doesn't even realize this guy is like, a, like an older dude. <laughs> well, I think, um, I think they were marketing it as like teenage vampire. Well, That's yeah, they, they, Hammer was expecting to get, like, you know, female fan mail from this. Uh, that, you know, the girls are going to go basically, you know, mailing, you know, how much they love, you know, David Peel. Um, but uh, that didn't really pan out. Yeah, he only did one one other movie after this, and then yeah. he retired. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. There was just something missing for me, like, maybe, like, um, like Christopher Lee's I guess his presence mm-hmm. and maybe his dark features and, and maybe almost like that animalistic, like <sighs> type thing yeah. that was missing. Well, Christopher Lee's a dominating figure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, he's, yeah, I, I mean, I think David Peel is disappointing if you're expecting him to play Dracula. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, it's, it shouldn't be called brides of Dracula as it is. Uh, yeah. But you know he's he's not he's Baron Monster and he's not he's not quite supposed to be I don't think what no he's supposed to be a, like is. a disciple right like he was turned yeah. by Dracula so I mean well his mom alludes to the fact that his debaucherous behavior with his friends led him to become what he is now so he probably just ran with the wrong people and yeah it's Dracula kind of interesting guy. they kind of do a, a nature you know the, kind of a nurture versus nature thing with him. Mm-hmm. You know how it's he, he's kind of a product of like, like, you know, this vampirism is like the inevitable outcome of him basically being so libertine and, you mm-hmm. know, and this, you know, the kind of, and it, you know, the Baroness seems to have been indulging in that herself. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's just kind of this spoiled brat. Um, and I think that I, I look at him and I'm like, yeah, I see that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, like I mean, Dracula. Yeah. Dracula is like a conqueror, right? I mean, yeah. if you if you go back into like a, a Vlad Tepish type thing, which they don't really get into at all with these, but you know, you know, Dracula is somebody who you know was somebody before he was turned, um, and that's not what this guy is supposed to be. He's yeah, he was just a partier. Yeah, and he definitely still after he gets turned is a mama's boy. Yeah, so she's she's got him you know chained up so nobody can hurt him or find out about it and she brings him women to to feed yep. on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's where so. that whole incestuous things comes in too, you know. Yeah. When he turns her. I, I think that the Baroness ends up being a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. I probably think the most interesting. I mean, because it, I love how after she's turned, you can see the shame. Yeah. And I don't think that I almost feel like it's the incestuous nature that is the shame for her. You know, because I mean, yeah, these movies depict vampirism again as a, a sexual attack. Yeah, you know, it's it's a form of rape, basically. Um, mm-hmm. So the fact that he does this to his mother, you know, she's hiding her fangs and she's like applying makeup 
to her pale flesh, yeah. you know, to kind of like hide the fact that she looks dead now, um, which is fascinating. It's it's a really interesting character choice. They don't talk about, but you could see it. And yeah. you just kind of see this kind of in, this guilt. I don't think that she's guilty that she's a vampire. I think she's guilty of how it happened. Um, yeah. She feels know, responsible too. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, she was not a, she was not a, you know, she was a villain, but yeah. you know, I, I think that it's not all that she thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and she had all of her shame brought out in a very short amount of time. You know, the fact that now the world knows that she feeds um, girls to her son who she's kept locked up for 20 some years or whatever. And, you know, she's allowed this to continue to happen when she could have just, you know, there's ways to get rid of a vampire. So, yeah, this uh, Marianne Danielle, who is a young French school teacher and she's on her way to take up a, a position. One of the a, most naive, yeah. dense women oh I've ever seen. Oh, my, oh God. my gosh. <laughs> now, I got a question for you here. Does it say anything about her forgetting no. what had happened? That's what I'm talking about with this script. Why it drives <laughs> me crazy. Where I'm, I'm like, I feel like we have different parts of different scripts. Because yeah. she saw the woman's dead body. Yeah. She has every reason to believe that the Baron killed his own mother. And when she sees him, she's just like, oh, I thought I'd never see you again. And, and then they're engaged. <laughs> yes. It well, is and Gina's, so ridiculous. Gina straight up told, told her that, the, you know, the Baron did it to her. Yeah, yeah. Greta's just like, look, look at the body. <laughs> so, look, this is your fault and everything, yeah. you know. Now he's escaped. You know, he's going to kill other people. And then, yeah, she's like, oh, I'm so glad to see you. Um, Unless you think it's, you know, she's under some spell. No, but we, we see the eyes when they do that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think that she was even spell. I think she's an idiot. Yeah, or, again, it's, there's some bad writing going on there. Well, I um, mean, also, she was probably like a, a commoner, and this is a, a, a wealthy person. And maybe back in those days, she was like, well, I, mean, I could overlook the fact that he's not a very nice guy, you know. Uh, that he murders his mother and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. How about but that she found like, him chained to a wall? Let's just start there. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> and she like is gonna help him, no questions asked. Yeah. Uh, like like, yeah, there's there's no good reason that you're chained up here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just that's the thing. We did might as well address like I there were so many things that this film introduced that I didn't understand. Like you you have the guy in the beginning. Right, that stalks the girl Marianne, and mm-hmm. I'm assuming he works for the Baroness, uh, but he just kind of disappears from the narrative. We don't really <laughs> know anything else about him. We don't see him again. Um, I don't really understand why the Baron was trying, why he proposed. I don't know what he had to gain by marrying her. He's uh, already like transforming girls in the countryside and everything else. I don't know why he decides he wants to marry this girl and what his plans are. Uh, there's just something, and even like him being chained up. It's like, well, apparently they can turn into bats now, you know, or yeah, we, why, later on. Why we didn't see he just locks. turn into a bat and get out of yeah. there? Yeah, we see locks falling from the coffin later while they're yeah. still locked. Yeah. This kind of it's actually a really cool supernatural scene. Mm-hmm. But if they can do that, why couldn't he just step out of his chains? Yes. You know, like they're they're <laughs> yeah. silver chains. Are they supposed to be magical? I don't know. They don't say anything like that. So yeah. it, that's what I'm saying. It feels like there's they kept rewriting and then they keep forgetting to go back and fixing things. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just, it was, it was a little bit dumbfounding. 
uh, as I was going through. But at the same time, you know, Terrence Fisher, his directing is so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, if you're not really paying attention, if you're not looking at it with a critical eye, you can really miss that stuff. I think. Um, so it's it's gonna people's mileage mileage will vary as far as how much it bothers them. Yeah, well, I, I don't really. When it comes to these older movies, I'm just kind of like looking for a good time. I'm not like, you know, trying to really pick it apart, even though we're, you know, this is a, a show about horror criticism. You know, we'll, we'll talk about its faults and it's, but I just want to know, is it going to entertain me? Is, am I going to have a good time for, for an hour and a half? And, and I did, I did. There's a lot of things that don't make sense, but I'm, I'm a little bit more forgiving of it than I would be watching a movie, you know, that just came out in 2020. Like if this came out in 2020, I, I'd be tearing it up. Yeah. Know, but about, I, I don't oh, think we should give a film a pass because it's 1960. Like this is the year that psycho came out and yeah. you know, eyes without a face. I mean, they had been making movies for 65 years by this point. Um, there's no excuse for a bad script. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, the next movie we're going to talk about, I think has a pretty tight script. Uh, you know, it, it, they, they knew how to write movies by this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, I don't know. I, I don't think that we need to give them a free pass in 1960 for, for sloppy writing. <laughs> I guess. Um, here, here's another question. What happened that Van Helsing can just burn himself? Okay. I was going to say that. And, <laughs> and stop the vampires bite. I don't, well, have you he, ever heard of that? He cauterizes it. I mean, he uses iron. I don't know if that's supposed to be a thing with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, I think he splashed it with holy water. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't make any sense, but it looks badass. It, 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 it did. <laughs> like pushing axe the shit out of that part. <laughs> out yeah. of that scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's He's... like, it's, you know, if, if we just like look at that last scene too, with the freaking windmill. Yeah. That, that scene is equal parts cool and absolutely stupid. <laughs> um, I mean, part of like me hates Robin it. Hood, Errol part Flynn of, or part something? Part of me hates that a shadow of a windmill could destroy yeah. a vampire. <laughs> like, they are no longer a threat whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they can't walk to a, a window with multiple panes now. You know, <laughs> that's it. They, yeah. My house is safe. Um, yes. So it, it's it's just maddening. But at the same time, it's just like... You know, Van Helsing does it with such flair <laughs> that in the moment I, I'm okay with it. Uh, but you know, if you give it if you give it two seconds thought, you're like, that's stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, While we're on stupid, how about the bat? Yeah, that was pretty Yeah, bad. that was unfortunate. <laughs> Apparently they actually had a better bat that got lost. Yeah, um, <laughs> and they kept on using it. I mean, at the same time, like you don't need to use the bat, honestly. Um, no, but it wasn't uh, even flying fast enough to stay aloft. Oh no, not at all. Um, just just use shadows, yeah. you know, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, That's the thing. It's like part of us could be like, you know, was it great for the time? That's the thing. It really wasn't. No, like you know, people people in 1960 would have been like, that bat looks fake. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. You, you could have just written the bat bat out. Um, I mean, I can overlook that stuff, and you know, just be like, okay, it's it's supposed to be a bat. I get it. Uh, but I don't know. It's, and why is the bat so damn big? <laughs> it's like the size of a pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. Yeah. Like well, I mean, in England, they have the, those flying foxes, right? Those big fruit bats. Um, so I'm guessing it's kind of something like that. 
Okay. Uh, those those are big bats. They, they're pretty big. But that's not what vampire bats look like. No, uh, no not at all. Yeah. <laughs> those things are little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what else we got here? Uh, what what the heck? I don't understand what was happening at the beginning that the dude was going so fast. The coachman was going so fast. That that was part of a different script. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like I'm saying, that's think... that's something that got dropped. I think I don't know. Yeah, um, they don't ever even like they just he pull races up her to the, the inn, and then they're basically telling her you can't be at this inn. You need to get out. <laughs> uh, okay, where can you know at least at least in the original you know Dracula, it's just like we want to get you to like Borger Pass and just leave you there. <laughs> you know, before before the sun goes down. Uh, but it didn't. There's this whole sense of urgency to get this girl there, then get her out somehow. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was it was weird. I was like, okay, is somebody chasing him or like what what's happening? But was yeah. he working with the countess maybe, and who knew she was going to be at the inn at a certain time? I don't think he did. I think that the guy who was stalking them paid him to leave. I think he was intending oh, on waiting yeah, for the yeah. girl, mm-hmm. and then he paid the guy to leave when he wasn't supposed to, so that the Baroness could come and pick her up. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I think that's what was going on there. Which is fine. I just want to know why he was going so fast to get there. That's just an Maybe elaborate plan, though. Trying to... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he got his jollies from scaring her. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, couldn't you just pay the guy to drop her off at the castle? I don't know. It's <laughs> it's a very complicated plan for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I, like, I mean, we're we're kind of crapping on things, you know. That's uh, like that's but, like going to the bar to pick up a a chick or something for the night, you know. But uh, you're a seventy year old woman, so yeah, <laughs> it, it worked. Hey, it worked. I've got a big, I've got a big castle right up, up, up the street. You want to come on over? Uh, okay. But well, this is uh, Marianne. We're talking about, you know, she's not the sharpest no. knife in the drawer. <laughs> she's not the the brightest crayon in the box. Yeah, but. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I did like, uh, like we were saying before, the whole, um, you've got your pub or your inn or whatever. Uh, like somebody walks in and kind of everybody's looking. And, you know, right. It stops <laughs> oh, time to grab our hats and leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the fact that they brought in, um, you know, the priest uh, from mm-hmm. from their town, from their village. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the girl, you know, being buried in the church. The smallest uh, graveyard I've ever seen. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> and was there flowers already on her grave? I was like, what the heck? I mean, did they plant those right after they buried her? I don't get that. But, um, you know, I didn't know that if you, uh, you know, died in a vampire attack, you couldn't be buried, you know. But did he, I guess he, he anticipated her rising again? I don't know. Um, I liked the, uh, the, the innkeeper and his wife, um, mm-hmm. were they wives were, were, were they yes. married? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. I thought they were, they were good actors. And then, um, the, the doctor, man, what a Dr. <laughs> Topler, what a, what was he doing with that, uh, steam and water? Was that meant to be funny? Uh, I think he's a drug addict. I think that's what we, we were supposed to. I think he, he's taking too much of his own meds is pretty much what he's doing there. So that'll be a medication. 
<laughs> yeah, in but several of these movies, they seem to have that, like, one drunk comic relief character. Mm-hmm. You know? And, then, like, it's just, like, he didn't even really serve a purpose other than to no. supposedly refer the doctor. You know? It's like they just need that comic well, relief in was, there. Was he the same guy that played the Undertaker in Horror of Dracula? When they go to, like, look at the coffins and stuff, remember there's that old guy who was talking about somebody who, like, fell down a step and died and... I yes, I do, do remember, remember that, that. I I don't know, but when I saw him, okay. I was like, oh, I think I've seen him before. So yeah, he looks really be. familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking right now. Horror of Dracula was fifty nine, fifty eight, fifty eight. <laughs> yep. Okay, it was him. All right. N- Yep, it is. Yep, Undertaker. <laughs> Good <laughs> Ivan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I takes on those have, comic roles, I guess. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have uh, picked that up. But <clears throat> yeah, I thought so. I thought he was a little funny. I mean, uh, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen these bites before in the villages, and everyone thinks it's a vampire. They're a bunch of crazy people, you know. <clears throat> so. Yeah, I mean that whole first act, though. I mean, it ends up being a pretty good self-contained story. Yeah, you know, with Marianne inside the the castle. When I was talking about the red herring, like I like the scene of her and the Baroness having dinner. You know, the Baroness, she's just drinking the red wine. You know, and you think is it definitely wine? You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of playing out like a Dracula scene. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't know already ahead of time who the vampire was, you would assume that she's the vampire. Yeah. Right. That's why, I mean, yeah. you know, it's whatever trailer you end up inserting into this, um, the trailer for this <laughs> spoils everything. Uh, we talk about trailers spoiling things today. It tells you every single person who becomes a vampire and how and by who. Um, but <laughs> so even people in 1960 would have been ruined going into yeah. this film. Uh, yeah. But if you knew nothing going into this, you know, you would be thinking that maybe the Baroness is actually a vampire and maybe her son is chained up and you know, in need of help. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it kind of hurt me watching it, knowing who already the villain was. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wish I didn't know that because I was forgetting. I, I was already, I was already watching it, assuming, you know, waiting for the other thing to happen, um, which I kind of wish I wasn't uh, because I, I don't think I appreciated that scene of the Baroness and the dinner, or anything like that as much as I really should have. But I do think it's actually a pretty good scene. And that Baroness is actually a really good character. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's a really great shot, too, when Marianne is looking from her balcony down to the Barons. It's a good scene. You know, I don't know if it's like part, I don't know if part of it was like matte painting Mm -hmm. or like forced perspective or what was going on because they obviously didn't have this structure necessarily that they were filming. Um, But however they did it, they make it look, you know, Terrence Fisher makes it look great Mm -hmm. um, when you're showing that. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I, I thought that whole, that whole section was actually really strong. Yeah. It, it's almost like two separate stories Yeah, going on, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I definitely didn't, uh, uh, enjoy this one as much as, as horror of Dracula, but I, I thought it was, uh, it was decent. It was entertaining. I think Peter Cushing to me is the star of the, of the movie. I mean, he's, yeah, but there's, there's just, some other good stuff in here, you know? Yeah, I like Greta. Is. I thought Greta was interesting, mm-hmm. right? Because the horror of Dracula what? didn't have a Renfield, and she kind of becomes a Renfield. But this. how? I mean, she's like, she turns, 
like oh I know it seems even, like it's we don't even dying. see her turning like but I not, think not that, into a vampire but to no. like, just like well the, what's interesting about her is remember she was she she's basically the one that took care of the Baron mm-hmm. she talks about like how she's the one that raised him right so she's been the real mother and she's been the one that has been going to the other side to feed him. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, the Baroness is getting girls, but I think Greta's the one that's delivering them. So Greta, I think, is actually the one that's even, you know, she's already kind of sick at that point. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when he's free, she feels liberated in that way. Um, and I love that scene of her laying on the grave. And she's like this midwife that's like helping, you know, mm-hmm. a, a grave give birth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or like this chick hatching from an egg almost, you know, but she's like, mm-hmm. push, push, you know, um, yeah. it's, just, it's, it's a great, it's, it's actually very creepy. You see the hand coming out of the grave. Um, yeah. and she kind of seems to revel in the role of being a motherly figure to the vampires. You know, yeah. she's the one telling them attack, attack and everything else. Uh, she's not a servant, you know, like Renfield ended up being, she's a main player. I mean, really mm-hmm. the, the brides, they don't do anything. Uh, yeah, in the I, barn or the stable, they're just standing up there looking. They just stare from a doorway the whole time. Yeah, um, like a little help, a right, little help here. That was one of the disappointing things. I mean, like I said, in the horror of Dracula, we had Lucy, and when Lucy becomes a vampire, she gains agency. Mm-hmm. You know, she becomes liberated. She has agency. She's actually a mover and a shaker. She's not just doing whatever Dracula told her. She's doing her own thing. She's now the woman in white. She's the bluefer lady. You know, and she's taking kids. And these ones, they just kind of stand around until they're told what to do, um, which is unfortunate. I, even to call them brides, like, they're just kind of these subservient women. It would have mm-hmm. actually, like, you know, later on we do, like, the vampire lovers, right? Uh, they're not called brides, right? <laughs> they're vampire mm-hmm. lovers. Those are women with agency. Um, and no woman in this really comes out very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's... I, I think that we should have had more focus on this on the female vampires, you know, kind of like you know the sequel to yes. Dracula, nineteen thirty one, was Dracula's daughter, nineteen thirty six, where we get a female vampire and from a more female perspective, right? And we mm-hmm. have overtones of lesbianism and stuff. Um, but that was a fascinating way. I kind of wish that this is called Brides of Dracula. I wish that there was actually more focus on the women. Yeah, yeah, they really dropped the ball on that. What was in it for Greta? Do you think? Because she's not turned right. She's not a vampire. No, and after he was freed, she could have gone her own way had she wanted to, but she seemed to continue. No, I think she she wanted to be exactly where she was, Mm -hmm. and the Baroness is no longer her master, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the Baroness now takes orders from the Baron. She even says that if he tells me to do it, I have to. I think that Greta likes her role as basically like the right hand man for, you know, for who who she. I think she actually considers the Baron her son. You know, yeah. you think about it, if she raised him, she could have been a midwife. She could have even nursed him. You know, like she might have been the one that raised him his whole life. And she's now kind of taking her rightful place, uh, you know, by his side when the mother was just kind of using him, you know, for the partying and everything. Um, yeah, I think that Greta is kind of an interesting. I mean, yeah, it's such shorthand. It happens so fast. <laughs> <laughs> you know that she's all of a sudden cackling and she's like laughing and like yeah. you're like what the oh, hell is going laugh. on? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, a like, laugh, yeah. that's a great it's laugh though. It's a really good laugh, but it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think that she's actually a pretty interesting character if they had given her more. Which they should have. Unfortunately, they did not. Right. Yeah. And her death would have been a little bit more. Yeah. Impactful they do a good too. job with falls though. I was just gonna say. 
way they yeah. love to throw people off balconies. Right. Mm-hmm. Her fall looks pretty painful, too. Yes. <laughs> it's not quite the head drop no. from Curse yeah. of Frankenstein, but... <laughs> um, Another thing that I, I actually kind of like, I like the whole cult of the undead angle. Mm-hmm. You know, how, like, the, the vampires, these adherents to evil, they're mm-hmm. the disciples of Dracula, um... And it's kind of a cool parallel with like Peter Cushing's, you know, Van Helsing and using the Christian imagery, you know, kind of being a soldier for God. Um, and now well, wasn't we have he saying, a dark wasn't he saying that it was an ancient pagan religion? Yes. Mm-hmm. He introduces that in, in the, in the um, bar or the end when he's talking to the priest or, yeah. or somebody. And I had the never priest. really... So heard. it's like it's like an adversarial thing that's been going back older. Yeah, than that's what he was saying. Yeah, that's what he was saying, <laughs> yeah. and I I yeah. had never heard it like kind of explained like that. So yeah, it, it takes it in a religion, a religious uh, direction. Yep. Like this is like a uh, a way of life, a religion, a uh, you know, um, and it's directly opposed to you know Christianity. So yeah. these films are so clear cut, good and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the line between who's good and who's bad is very clearly drawn, yeah. uh, which has its own, you know, there's a charm to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's not generally where I like my stories to be. I like a lot of gray. Uh, but for movies like this, when you have kind of a swashbuckling Van Helsing, um, you know, fighting with chains and, <laughs> you know, yeah, it was cauterizing swing, his neck. I'm like, all right, I can, I can go with this. chain. Yeah, like a, a ninja. That was a good fight. That was a really good fight, I thought. But it that was. was. But that was, uh, the vampire was swinging the chain. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, what's he going to do with that? He comes and swing, and then he just, yeah. like, forgets about it. Yeah, oh, that, never mind. Yeah, this isn't working like I yeah. wanted it to. That's definitely uh, coming in swinging, like yeah. you just said. And it was like, good gravy. <laughs> you know, I, it's kind of funny to watch these older yes. movies because... You know, the fighting is so, like, is that how a vampire would really fight? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would think a vampire would be more, I don't know, using, like, certain powers that they have to, uh, you know, to to defeat their adversary. But this is just kind of like punching and throwing. And, you know, I, I was, um, was kind of shocked that uh, Van Helsing got bit. And I was like, oh, well. How's that going to work? Remember his face when he was getting bit strangled? Okay. He's not afraid to get oh, his tongue out. The tongue choked. was out again. <laughs> he is like, he has no shame getting choked yes. out. Yes. Yeah. And his oh. eyes cross. And right. He's not yeah. afraid to look stupid when he's getting <laughs> no. choked out in the film. I, I have so much respect for Peter Cushing <laughs> <Yeah>. for that. <laughs> uh, and then he just like loses consciousness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He is such an overactor in that, I yes. swear. But it, but it, he's selling out. He's selling out for the role. I tell you. Oh, he's giving it all. I yep. just think that I, it seemed to me like this is a guy that had fun doing these roles. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, because it looks like he does all, all his own stunts, right? Yeah, yeah. I wrote that down. He does his own stunts. I mean, it looks like it. I mean, I, I think that. Uh, the big Errol Flynn uh, um, swing out onto the the windmill. uh, Yeah, they couldn't afford stuntmen for this. I'm sure that wasn't that high up off the ground, but he leaped on that bad boy. That was a 
like as balls to the wall, I'm going for it leap. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's fun. It's just fun. Uh, that's what I would say. This movie is. It's it's more fun um, than it is good. The production values are really great for for a Hammer movie. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't know this is low budget. Yeah, and it yeah. is a low budget film. But I mean, it's you know most of it. It looks really good. I mean, there's yeah, certain yeah. things. I kind of wish that the pale makeup on the brides didn't end at their neck. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's it's like oh okay, uh, you could have used a little bit more on them. Um, <laughs> Can you go down to the neck and yeah, get really? I mean, that way it doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah, and what do you think about the teeth, the fangs? I think they're they're fine, honestly. Yeah, they're fine. Uh, they, I think they're they're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they're they look kind of big. Um, yeah. but this is a point where I'm like, you know what? For this is when the, we first start seeing vampire fangs, and that I'm I'm. You know, starting with Horror of Dracula. So this is like the second movie <laughs> that they're showing Vampire Fangs. And I think they're they're pretty decent. Yeah. And then um, there wasn't, uh, you know, Hammer, like we were saying, Hammer just has a, a look and a feel. And the production values are, they look so much more. They, they knew how to get a certain look and a certain... Um, aesthetic from not a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure they're reusing stuff or reusing a lot of sets yeah. and then kind of, you know, adding to and, you know, uh, how they did on this kind of a budget. I'm not sure. But uh, missing from this this one is is really the the uh, red hammer blood. There wasn't a whole lot of blood in this movie. Mm-mm. Yeah, just when the Baroness gets killed. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't but see I mean- a lot. There, I mean, you talk about the sets. It's really interesting. There's we're, it's a lot of pastel colors, especially purples. Mm-hmm. There, there's just like there's purple light shining on things that you don't know where the origin from it is. Yeah. Uh, but it, it looks really good. Um, and then you have these deep reds that mm-hmm. people are wearing. Um, but yeah, purple seemed to pop in this one quite a bit. Um, and I got to say, one of the things I think that makes this look more, more of a budget than it had is the wardrobe. Um, you know, that's not something I often talk about that much in movies, uh, but the wardrobe is excellent in this. I mean, mm-hmm. whoever's tailoring Peter Cushing, man, they, they know how to fit a suit on a dude. Um, yeah. You know, his stuff looks great. Uh, the friend, Marianne, her dresses and coat. Uh, it's just it, everything is cut so well um, that it makes the film look more expensive than it is mm-hmm. with how good people look. Yeah. I read that a lot of those dresses and stuff are actual period dresses. Not all of them, but I guess whatever in the origins of Hammer, I guess they kind of inherited from a theater company or something. It was something that I read. Um, all this authentic clothing of that period. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I don't consider, you know, and I don't think anybody really did consider hammer a true depiction of victorian england <laughs> or, <you know? laughs> i mean it's it's the hammer version of this era uh but it's consistent you know it, it's it's somewhat historical somewhat fantastical uh but it you know that you're in this hammer verse when you're in there you know it's it still feels like the same world that you keep going back to yeah and it does like at this point it's starting to feel kind of like you know like like going home uh, it's starting to feel like comfort food, you know, recognizing these similar, you know, the, the way the sets look and everything else. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, most of the interiors, I guess, were sets, and the exteriors, of course, they could. There was Oakley Court, which mm-hmm. is what the exteriors of the uh, castle were, um, and that's just that was in walking distance of Bray Studios. Uh, so yeah, the exteriors they would often just use local buildings, um, but of course, it looks the production looks huge because of it. Yeah, I was going to give a little shout out, like you were saying about the the wardrobe costume and wardrobe lady was Molly Arbuthnot. Mm. Just just passed away in two thousand one. Mm. She was uh, born in nineteen oh eight, and she did uh, wardrobe and stuff for like the Quartermass Experiment. Nineteen oh eight. Yeah, X the Unknown Horror of Dracula. Uh, this one, the Mummy. And, you know she. Two Faces of Dr. Jekyll, Never Take Candy from a Stranger. Holy crap, that's a crazy movie. I Did just you watched see that it last night. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Did you get the double pack? Yeah, I did. Oh, my god. Yeah, gosh. the double Blu-ray. To, I need to order that. It, as Now that I've seen Taste of Fear, Never Take Candy from a Stranger is disturbing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's disturbing. For, it's really for, good, though. Oh, it is. Um, the script, yeah, I mean, just to digress for a second, I mean, that was released the same year as this. Mm-hmm. And that was Hammer's foray. I mean, it's it's a black and white. Uh, it's it's considered like a drama horror. It kind of only gets like horror thriller in the last act. It's mostly like a drama and a courtroom drama. Um, but, man, you talk about a tight script yeah. um, and a very realistic scripts mm-hmm. the way things might play out dealing with corruption and of course dealing with a taboo subject like pedophilia um yeah. but yeah we i was watching that with my wife last night and uh she she started hitting me <laughs> she's like what kind of movie are you having me watch yeah, yeah. i mean can <laughs> you like, believe it was 1960 <laughs> yeah from 1960 can you imagine what the audience is in 1960 oh, have you seen that tammy it did terribly no i haven't but it, it did terribly because they didn't know how to market it and people did not yeah. like the taboo subject yeah um, you but need it's to a, it's immediately watch movie. never take sweets from a stranger i just wrote very it good movie yeah all right i will yeah also hammer studios right yep yep yeah easy <clears throat> All right. Well, let, let's wrap this one up, man, and and give um, final thoughts, and we can do uh, our scores. I'm going to go first. Um, I, I stand behind the fact that I like uh, the horror of Dracula better. I thought the the mood and atmosphere was a little bit more um, horror-y. Uh, this this one was a little bit more. I don't know. I kind of felt like more adventure, you know. Um, and I and I didn't. I just didn't like David Peel. I'm sorry. I'm not sure what it was about him. Um, maybe it's just expecting something along the lines of Christopher Lee and not getting kind of that. And, and maybe uh, maybe in subsequent watches, this one will grow on me. Um, I still like it. Still had a good time. I still think that it's uh, uh, definitely worth watching. And, and it's it's one of the more successful Hammer uh, films it, it did really well um uh, and i i give it a 7.5 out of 10 and and i would say uh most definitely rent or uh if you're a collector purchase it but uh absolutely uh taminator what do you think i think i pretty much agree with you i would give it about probably about an eight um i liked it better than the what um what was the first one we watched the other dracula one two weeks ago (laughs) yes i liked it a little bit better however 
yeah, having the different vampire. I guess I didn't mind that much, to be honest with you. My disappointment, I would say, is the potential for what they could have done with the story could have been so much greater. If they had really flushed it out with the girls and the girls' school and maybe seeing the vampire process uh, go- with just more than just the one girl, Gina, maybe if we could have seen a couple girls and, mm-hmm. you know, have the story kind of go that way, I probably would have been a 10 for me. Um but yeah, probably about an eight. And I would definitely say it's definitely worth it. it. You know, it does live in that Hammerverse. And if you, I'm finding myself getting a soft spot for these movies. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I would say definitely if you want to get a little more versed in Hammer, this one's a good one. I mean, they, they are nothing if not entertaining. Very much so. You know, I mean, it, it's just good old fashioned horror entertainment. Yes. Whether you pick apart, you know, this or that, I mean, it, it's just, it's just fun. It's a fun ride. And that's what, to me, there, there's two kinds of horror movies. There's like scary horror movies that are like disturbing or whatever. And then there's fun stuff. And sometimes I'm in the mood for one and not the other and vice versa. But, you know, I mean, it, it's great to just throw these on and, and have fun with it. No, pretty much know whatever you're going to put on as far as hammer goes, like with these sorts of, um, you know, n- not never take sweets from a stranger. That's not fun, but, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You're, you're going to have a good time with these sort of, uh, uh, technicolor, uh, blood and monsters type, uh, of hammer stuff. So, well, it's true. And I mean, even if the things that we do like sort of like laugh at or pick apart a little, it's, they're still very endearing, if you go into it knowing you're going to watch a 60 year old hammer film, you know, yeah. of course you can pick it apart. And I'm sure a lot of these things are, they never even knew what an HD TV was back in the day. So we can probably see things in a lot more daylight than maybe they did back then. And so it's a little easier to pick apart like the bat and the makeup and all that kind of stuff, but it's still very endearing. At least I think so. Mm-hmm. All right, Vin. Uh, yeah. Tammy pretty much, took the words out of my mouth, uh, especially when she was talking about uh, the girls' school. Um, mm-hmm. w- once the first girl got taken in the girls' school, I'm like, oh, yeah, now it's going to happen. <laughs> and then it ends. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. uh, the girls just kind of stand in a doorway most of the time, uh, you know, with their fangs out. Um, so <laughs> I, I, again, that whole girls' school thing, I'm like, whose script was this, you know, uh-huh. that should have been expanded on? Uh, I would have loved to see that kind of that almost like an infection going through and the girls mm-hmm. changing and, or, you know, there's just like a massacre and they have to bury all the girls one day and yes. they're all out. They're all out of the graves, you know, yeah. well, and the girls, just the girls something. could be attacking each other. The girls did something <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah. Um, and well, I mean, Gina, really, the girl that got changed, yeah, she has one. She great wasn't line. even a girl. She was a, she was a, um, you know, a teacher or a governess or whatever she was. So we never even saw, we saw a room full of like young girls. Yeah. Like 20 girls in there. Yeah. And we never <laughs> see him again. And yeah. the, what's the lady say? Okay. I'm going to leave you guys all alone now to, yeah. to your devices or something. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm like, okay, well maybe something's going to happen while they're alone. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no proposal. What? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm right with Tammy on that. I, I don't, I'm trying not to hold it against the movie. 
you know, uh, judge me for what it is, not what I want it to be. Um, but still, there's so many times where there was so many great things that were happening that were just kind of dropped. Uh, but that's one of them. I, I want to see a girls' school vampire movie. Uh, yes. That's a hand in the hammer style. Um, <laughs> but so I'm also at the same rating, eight out of ten. Um, and uh, Brandon had uh, texted his score to us. Um, he is at a seven point five. So we're all around the same range for yeah. this one. And by the way, there is a movie called Vampire Academy. <laughs> it's not a girls' school, but it's at a school. But anyway, I thought you'd like to know that. <laughs> All right. So that is our review of Brides of Dracula from 1960. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to get right into 1961's Taste of Fear. Take a good look at this face. Caught by the camera at the split-second peak of screaming terror, it is the only face we are permitted to show you in this story of a girl encircled by evil, enveloped in a living nightmare. A girl driven by terror to near insanity. Shocks such as the one that you had last night can deal the mind a very serious blow. A blow which couldn't affect it permanently. You mean I could go mad? All right, we are back. And that was the trailer for our next feature review and it is taste of fear from 1961 also known as scream of fear uh i'm not sure which one was i think one was uh the uk uk was taste of fear and then scream of fear was uh the american release title not sure what the difference was who cares um so sometimes (laughs) when you're looking for this and you type in taste of fear, you might not get it. You might get scream of fear. And that's the same thing. Just wanted to make that clear. We wanted to just say one more time. Okay. We cannot stress this enough. If you've not seen this movie and you would like to, uh, do not listen to this review until you've seen it because we are going to spoil it. And it's a, a movie that has, uh, several different twists and, uh, turns and, it it's not good if you come, you know, already knowing what's going to happen. So, okay. Uh, trust us, give yourself that gift. So, all right. Uh, this is a, uh, a 1961 movie. It was directed by, uh, Seth Holt who, um, what, what else? This, this is a guy that, um, uh, he's, he's directed a couple of different, uh, uh, he, he directed that, um, Betty Davis movie, The Nanny. Have you guys seen that? I haven't seen that one, no. no. Oh, dude, it's not Hammer, I don't believe, but you need to see that. It's like Betty Davis as an evil nanny. Like, you know, Yeah, it's. it's I, I was looking into this guy a little bit more. Um, he seems to have gotten kind of the shaft a lot. 
uh, he actually he he was in the middle of directing Blood from the Mummy's Tomb for Hammer for Hammer mm-hmm. uh, in 1971, and he actually died on set. He had a a heart attack and fell into an actor's arms. Mm. Um, it's and I guess that you know they think that his death actually might have also been alcohol related. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, you know it, it, I guess one of his obituaries is said uh, it was. His was an unfulfilled career that was an indictment of the British film industry. Um, so it seems like he was not treated well uh, overall by the film industry. Um, and people thought that he was a very talented director that really didn't get his his break necessarily. Um, well, well, think think of if you had a director and he had three big movies. That's a that's a, like three really really good movies. That's good, Lady Killers. From 1955 yeah, was his famous. first one, A Scream of Fear, which this is the first time I'd seen this movie. Where has this been all my life? Exactly. Like, <laughs> it gets no press. It gets no like love. And then, of course, The Nanny, which is a 92% Rotten Tomatoes, Betty Davis movie. Uh, the, guy, the guy knew how to direct. You know, well, um, this felt very Alfred Hitchcock. So, oh my gosh, yes. I mean, I, I if no one had told me that I would believe this was maybe an early Alfred Hitchcock, it plays exactly like one. It looks like mm-hmm. one. And I'm yeah. not all, at all surprised to hear that his career was cut short because if he had been allowed to continue on, I mean, I think he would be much more well known than he is if this is an indication of what he can do. Yeah, I don't know if it's. If it's not really well known because the director is not very well known, I don't know. It's difficult to say. I mean, the film was a success both in the UK and the US, and it, it was one of the most profitable productions. It was. It was. Yeah, and Christopher Lee, he's been quoted as saying, "Quote: uh, Taste of Fear was the best film that I was in the Hammer ever made. It yeah. had the best director, the best cast, and the best story." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was in a lot of Hammer films. Yeah, now <laughs> I definitely have not seen all the Hammer films, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you this. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to spoil my score and everything, but man, this this movie vaulted up, you know, into like some of some of my favorite movies ever. Like, yes. After the first watch, I was like, th- "This is a really good movie." Yes. Really good movie. So, uh, yeah. So Seth Holt is is the director again. Jimmy Sangster as the uh, writer, came out. They love putting movies out on January 1st. Good Lord. January 1st, 1961, exactly a year after our last movie. And um, this is a a drama, horror, mystery, and suspense. It's a little bit of, a little bit of everything. It's, it's a nice, tight runtime at 80 minutes. Um, says the British writer-director team of Jimmy Sangster and Seth Holt was never satisfied unless it scared the bejeepers out of its audience. Scream of Fear stars Susan Strasberg as the crippled daughter, uh, or crippled stepdaughter of Anne Todd, whom she meets for the first time during a vacation on the Riviera, Riviera at her father's house. There's something unsettling about Strasberg's surroundings and her mother's behavior, but when Strasberg insists that she's seen the dead body of her father around the house, it is she who is considered crazy, while everyone else is being treated as normal. Perhaps the authorities are right. Perhaps Strasberg is ne- merely neurotic 
and overwrought, and perhaps there's more than one plot twist ahead of us as we draw nearer and nearer the truth. Scream of Fear was originally released in Great Britain as Taste of Fear. So, um, yeah, let's start with Tammy. First impressions. Uh, Had anyone seen this before? No. 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 Okay, so three virgins here. All right, Tammy. (laughs) But... Um, you know, this was just on our list that you had put together of the movies by the week that we were going to be watching. But I, once I started looking for it and I saw the poster, I'm like, that looks familiar to me. And I, so I started looking and I actually did have this in one of my cues under scream of fear. So it was something that I was interested in, but I guess I didn't know that much about it. So it's one of those where, you know, I'll get to it eventually, but I just hadn't watched it yet. Man, this like I said, this is if you like Hitchcock, you will like this. Um, I'm pretty new to these Hammer movies, so it's hard for me to talk very meta about them. But this is so different than anything we've watched up until this point. Mm-hmm. And it talk like I'm going to <laughs> stress again: if you have not seen this, do not listen till this part of the podcast. You will hate yourself because it's totally <laughs> worth going on the journey, uh, knowing nothing. I wrote down so I'm you know when I'm watching for the podcast, I always have my little notebook, and I wrote down at 17 minutes. Oh, I already figured this out, you know. Well, I didn't have it figured out at all. I wasn't even close. And, you know, I pride myself as a seasoned movie watcher. And, no, this one got me. And I am so glad I didn't know. I'm so glad I didn't watch a trailer. And I'm just, it was so good. Now, unfortunately, I didn't watch it till last night. And I only watched it once through. And when it was done, I had to look up what just happened. Just to make sure that I had everything right, you know, because (laughs) yeah, it's like it's so many different times. I'm like, oh, okay, now I think I got it. Okay, now I think I got it. Um, I mean, I was I was silly now, but I was really concerned or convinced that Robert was the good guy and everything was just like it was seeming. Uh, you know, throughout the movie, especially when he dives in the pool and he sees the dead dad and all that. I guess I just thought that, you know, for, by, the way, were, by the way, by the way, what a shot. I, yeah. Oh, it looked fantastic. Yeah. yeah it, oh. ew, it creeped me out. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, like you know what it reminded me of? Oh. Reminded me of uh, Night of the Hunter when he kills his wife in, yeah. the, in the car and they get yeah. an underwater shot and her hair is kind of like, yeah. you know, floating around there. I don't wonder if that was like an inspiration or something that they might have, uh, but yeah, man, go ahead. I'm sorry. But that was just so, a shot. Oh, was a great the shot. eyes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, yeah. So through most of it, I'm thinking, Oh yeah. You know, her family, obviously it's the family and they just want her money. So they're making her think that she's crazy. Well, that's not it at all. And there's every, everything that you like, you will change your mind at least three times. And then you're finally told, you know, at the very end, what really happened this whole time. And then you realize what a masterpiece you just watched. I don't know who wrote this, but oh my goodness. Oh, Jimmy Sangster, right? Yeah, Jimmy Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, just, just wow. And it is so, can you tell I love this? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it's okay. Cause I, I'm no, the like, same okay, way. So, I mean, 
the fact that it came out in 61, obviously they could have chosen to make this in color and they did it. And that was the perfect choice because they really use uh, shadows throughout this whole thing to just mm -hmm. make everything so sinister. And you're never, you're kind of like her, like you're never quite sure. What did I just see? Am I going crazy too? You know? Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, Christopher <laughs> Lee. <laughs> Christopher Lee has a very small part, but it's but he's good, good, and and you know I was convinced for a little while. Oh yeah, obviously. Oh he's yes, a guy, and you know but he was going to be the red, but he was just a red herring. He was. I mean, because he, I, he, I figured, you know, what other purpose did he serve? He must be in on it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so you find out that's not true, but nice um, little French accent. He 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 put. Plus, in there he was kind of he was kind of hubba hubba in here. I thought. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, cute. Yeah, a, a long way from uh, Frankenstein's monster. Oh, very. <laughs> oh, he is debonair, suave, and refined, and and French apparently. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but oh, I just loved every minute of this, and I will be watching it again. Yes, you and I don't even think knowing now that I know what I I still think it it's a it would be a good rewatch, even though I know what's going on. Oh yeah. Well, it's, and actually, I'm looking forward to rewatching it because, you know, I want to, you know, see if I think a little bit differently of it second time through. And, and uh, look, I mean, can you pick this apart and say, oh, well, he didn't have time to do this. And well, what about that? You know, but I mean, you can do that with just about any movie. And uh, just the way th I think this script is nice and tight. I don't. I don't think there's really any loopholes in it. They really uh, did a good job with it. Th this is uh, what Psycho came out in '60, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is this kind of like their foray into that sort of um, type of horror, right? Oh, so their their yeah. their answer to Psycho. Um, <clears throat> well, it's I, Psycho. It's like Rear Window. It's also yeah. like a Le Diabolique. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also the, the, the Innocence came out this year, which is kind of a similar type of feel of a movie. Yeah, well, um, I mean, the, the British New Wave began right in the very late 50s. And that, that's where they started going back to, like, black and white photography. Mm -hmm. um, and it was supposed to kind of, you know, represent more of a realism. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, on the other hand, Hammer's doing the flashy color stuff, which isn't meant to be realistic at all. You know, yeah. it's completely stylized. Uh, mm -hmm. But when they get into their black and white stuff, you're supposed to take that a little more seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and what I was saying about no one really knowing about this movie or giving this movie, um, just for, I'm, I'm going to do this right here. Uh, you said you guys had never heard of the movie The Nanny? No. Yeah. I mean, or, or even like, uh, let's do The Lady Killers. Seth Holt's first movie, The Lady Killers. And that's not even like some like incredible, um, you know, well-known movie. I know that it got remade with Tom Hanks or whatever. But if you go on um, Rotten Tomatoes, you've got, it's at 100% on the tomato meter. And it's got over 10,500 ratings. Now, if you go to Scream of Fear, it, it doesn't even register a tomato meter wow. because it says total count in a, that means nobody. 
and only 600 people have even bothered to rate it. And I'm like, this is, this is truly like to me, a hidden gem. I've got uh, IMDB up. It's got a 7.4 and 3,500 people. Yeah. So that's more than Rotten Tomatoes, but man, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I really had never heard of this movie before. And that's, that's kind of saying something because I've heard of a lot of movies, <laughs> even if I haven't seen it, I've heard of it. And, uh, uh, this is this is really something that was right in my wheelhouse. Let's get let's get into this. Uh, let's get into the story. Basically, what you have here is you have uh, Penny Appleby, who is in a wheelchair. She uh, we learn later she had had a, a horse riding accident, and, and it was a nice little uh, bit of humor there. But uh, what do you say? Did you fall? off the horse or the horse fell on me or something like that. <laughs> yes. It was pretty, it was pretty funny. So you were on a uh, horse, right? She said, no, the horse was on me. Yeah. The yeah. horse <laughs> was on me. That was pretty funny. Um, and what happens is she is estranged from her father. Hasn't seen him in like nine, 10 years. Uh, she gets a letter in the mail from her father saying, come visit me. And, and, uh, it's basically the French Riviera, right? Yeah. She's got a, uh, a stepmother named Jane, who she's really never met. Uh, and they have a chauffeur, like caretaker guy named Robert, who was a, a younger guy. So she uh, shows up there and uh, Robert picks her up at the airport. Literally. Takes her home. <laughs> Literally. <What>? Literally. Oh, yes. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, he does have to pick her up and put her in the yeah. car because she's in a wheelchair. <clears throat> but um, bring her home and the news that her dad is away on business. Um, so she, um, you know, is kind of just there with Robert and her stepmother, who she's trying to kind of get to know. And well, she's before, really nice. Yeah, but before we get into all that, I mean, uh, you guys kind of hog the, the first reactions. Yeah, so let's the old, oh, <laughs> I'm I'm jump okay. in. Uh, you know, that, that, that opening shot of, yes. the you know, these two... German-speaking guys. I don't know if they're Swiss. You know, I'm guessing it's the Swiss Alps. You have this kind of great map painting yeah, that of the Swiss awesome. Alps behind the behind the lake. It looks, you know, terrific. Uh, but you have this scene of these two guys speaking German on a boat, and they're kind of you. Know, there's no subtitles, so no, you know, that was know what they're saying. Yeah, but you because at first I was like, oh crap, did they give me the wrong movie? <laughs> when yeah. I, That's what I thought. When I first too. Put it in. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And but they're they're kind of having a casual conversation, and then they finally start pulling a body up. Um, and just that shot is it, it was so realistic and effective because mm-hmm. they're struggling with the body to try and get it upright, you know, and yeah. to bring it onto the boat, and just the way they're kind of trying to kill time while they're doing this and talking. And they keep looking over at the shore where all the police are waiting to see if they find anything. There's other boats going around. Um, it immediately distinguished itself from the more stylized gothic hor- hammer horrors mm-hmm. that they yep. had been doing. I mean, you're in a realistic setting. This is not, this is not the Victorian era, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, these are ordinary people. You, you're automatically setting this up and it's, it's great how it ties into the end of the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I, I, from the very beginning, I was just like, Oh, okay. It, you had my attention. Um, I, I was, and, and it, it never let up. It, I was focused the entire time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's the opening scene, this recovering of this body. Um, and, uh, so anyway, she gets there and, and, uh, she starts seeing 
the body of her dead father <laughs> around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, she sees his car. Uh, she sees lots of stuff. And, and uh, of course, everyone thinks she's nuts or she's stressed out or she's got some mental issues. And then Robert kind of befriends her. And they finally um, you know, decide that this is something that uh, Jane is doing uh, with her uh, Dr. Gerard, who was played by Christopher Lee. Her, they must be in cahoots. Family friend. Sort of yes. Thing, right? <laughs> and they're, they're hiding this body and they're putting it in places yeah, but, that she's going to see but, it. But here's the thing. What's so good. You, I mean, you're, you're recounting the plot, but there's certain, I just, I want to focus on her for a second. Okay. Um, yes. I mean, first of all, she's stunning. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to gush a little bit on Christopher Lee, but oh my God, this girl, <laughs> um, she's like a little bit Audrey Hepburn, but there's mm-hmm. more like sex, sexiness there. Um, mm-hmm. she could have brushed her teeth for 10 minutes and I would just still been watching. I mean, this yes. girl, is, yep. she photographs incredibly in black and white. She is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Anyway, I'm done. I'm just, I couldn't get over <laughs> it. Um, but anyway, uh, what's so great about her as a protagonist is that she's as quick as the audience is mm-hmm. when, wrongdoing is suspected she's not like marianne from the last movie who's just a complete dimwit um this girl as soon as i'm thinking something like you know that it it's not her father on the phone or you know whatever it might be she's right there with me Mm -hmm. you know she's we're not we're not as an audience we're not stuck waiting for her to catch up ever you know, as soon as a yep. thought enters our head, she's already considering it. And I yep. thought that that was an awesome protagonist to give us. Um, she doesn't and, suffer any fools, you know? I oh, mean, not she... at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she. I, I really loved her writing. And I got to say, you know, when we're talking about these twists. I know, you know, uh, <laughs> Tammy, you were, you were talking about how, like, you know, you were trying to guess the twists and everything totally <laughs> wrong. Like, w- when it came to Robert, right? Yep. The whole time, like, there's no way this guy's a good guy. And I kept <laughs> waiting for the shoe to drop. <laughs> I kept waiting to be like, when's he going to screw over? When's he going to screw over? Yep. And they got me to the point where I was just like, okay, maybe he's a good guy when the freaking yep. car starts rolling. Yeah. <laughs> I had, I had <laughs> just accepted him finally as a good guy. And then the freaking car is rolling and I'm like, damn. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I knew you know? it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but we find out with her in that yeah. moment again, you know, yeah. and you're just like, holy, I had to rewound it. Right. I rewound it. <laughs> I'm like, I got to go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, they, like it she, just like, got me to the forward. point where I'm thinking this dude's okay. Yeah. <laughs> she I'm finally going to stop the, suspecting him. And the <laughs> dead bodies in the front, right. the front seat. I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> And that that's another that that body looked pretty creepy in that scene too. It um, did. Well, I guess it probably had finally started to decompose. Could, uh, yeah, the first couple times she sees him, it doesn't look necessarily scary. Uh, uh-huh. But when it's underwater, and then when it's in the front seat, I'm like, ooh, okay, that that was actually eerie. Because <laughs> by the time he's under the water, you could tell his skin's already starting to come off his bones yeah. a little bit, and oh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, because even when they're talking about it, because they keep seeing his dead body, I'm like, isn't this thing going to start rotting? And then they're just like, oh, it has to be in a cold place. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, they're, (laughs) they're, you know, like the the script is intelligent. Every time I'm thinking of something, they they come up with an answer for it. Well, yeah, because right about then is when she's like, the body won't keep. Right. So So we got to go check the freezer. We got to go check it. (laughs) Yeah. They say that many times the body won't keep. Yeah. So, but I will say the second twist I did not see. Yeah. No, that I, one I was not anticipating at all. I didn't see any of it coming. I didn't see three <laughs> twists coming. 
<laughs> and there are three twists in this movie. Yeah. You know. At least, but, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, like I said, they, Robert starts helping her you know, unravel this mystery, and it ends up, you know, she's convinced that uh, the stepmother's doing this to get the inheritance because if they can make her seem like she's not mentally um, stable, then they get she gets the the money right yeah. so yeah, that's what it's all about yeah. you know and and i don't know i mean we've already spoiled that robert ends up being a bad guy he's he's you know having an affair with with the stepmom who's considerably older than him yeah uh, that, mm. but well, that's he, the thing that's there why for the money yeah you know you mentioned christopher lee they do a terrific red herring yes. because when they're having dinner the doctor, Christopher Lee, he passes the bottle of champagne to Jane, and you see just for a moment their hands touch, mm-hmm. and they stop for a second and look at each other. And it's enough for you to think, okay, they're they're doing it on the side. You know? yep. <laughs> they're, they're plotting something and everything else, and you don't trust the doctor. It's just enough for you to automatically think, okay, they are actually planning something. Mm-hmm. And again, it leaves, you, it leaves Robert out of the picture yep. at that point. Um, but it's, it's a terrific red herring of a scene. It's so brief that if you blink, you miss it, but they still put it in there. Yeah. And, but also how, I mean, Robert is a good, I'm not, I'm not talking about the, the, the person that plays him, but Robert himself, good actor. He was mm-hmm. doing a good job of selling this to, oh, yeah. to, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, what was her name? Penny? No. Penny, 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 you know, the, the talks on the beach, the uh, kiss, yeah, yeah, the, it just like, he seemed genuine. He really did. I mean, and things like diving in that pool, you know, he already knows the body's down there, Yeah. but he sells it. Oh, it's, oh, oh, pretty dark down here. Let me try again. You know, mm-hmm. and what's up with the daggone speedo in 1960? <laughs> Good Lord, he came out and I was like, all righty then. We're going there. <laughs> Hope those stay on when he dives in there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, but the setting of this movie is awesome too. That, that villa, yeah. that, that whole uh, <clears throat> house was awesome. That pool was just, you know, it was foreboding. It's got that it was, rear window quality because you're seeing a lot of stuff outside of her window. Yeah. She's got those big like French doors and stuff like that, you know, and like directly across is the summer room or the summer house or whatever, where she's seeing the body and Robert's place is right above that in between is the pool. You know, it's <laughs> the yeah. way it's all situated as a set is really good. And of course, it's filmed beautifully. It's this gorgeous black and white photography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like the fact that she's in a wheelchair. Uh, if you don't know anything, I have a son in a wheelchair. It it really you know, it, it shows like the vulnerability, vulnerability that she has. I mean, she, she has to depend on other people. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's places she can't go on her own. And, uh, it's, it's, it's almost like, a it's another, uh, isolating aspect of, of, uh, you know, cause she's, she's kind of at the mercy of these people. She can't jump in a car and go somewhere if she it's wants also to. also why she's at the mercy of Robert helping her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like she can't travel around the house by herself. She can't do all these things. She can't drive a car. So yep. it puts her in a position where she can act. She's actually vulnerable to what yep. people are trying to do to her. 
And one thing I can tell you just from a woman's point of view, one thing that goes unsaid, but that's making it worse for her. Imagine if you were estranged from your father and you're brought into this house where normally your family home would be a place where you had a place, but she really has no place in there. And then there's the dynamic of this new woman in her dad's life and her. So not only is she helpless and at the mercy, she's literally helpless and at the mercy. She doesn't know this house. She doesn't know this woman. And there's Mm -hmm. already that. And she keeps asking about her dad, but the mom is keeping the information, that manipulation, you know, that women don't like each other you know they just don't especially <laughs> in that you know that situation over the where a dad is involved you know so it's like women seeking dominance in a different way that men would mm-hmm. yes that, is that kind of what you're talking about like yes <laughs> exactly yeah. and the mom even though she tries to be all sweet she's being manipulative bitch completely but the actress <laughs> is playing it so well because oh, you can, she is you're you know, seeing that, it you know yep, you're seeing more, when she's yep. kind of not being sincere or, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think it, there, there's a certain, I, I, I only got to watch it once and I am really interested to go back because it made me think of all these scenes and different decisions that Jane makes or different things that the doctor says. And I'm like, this is going to seem so different the second time I watch it now. Yeah. Um, you know, like there's a point where Jane kind of leans down to try and give her a kiss on the head mm-hmm. or something like that. And I think that's when her and Robert had decided that they were going to do what they were going to do, right? With the car. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's. I think she was kind of kissing her goodbye at that point, <laughs> right? Yeah, she could have. Been. Know, like it's just it's making me think of these scenes again, and I'm like, okay, you know why? Why she was acting a little bit differently? Uh, well, you can tell when it all comes out. It seems like um, Robert is kind of like an old pro. You know, he's done, she does, she seems very frazzled and very like scared of getting caught and, and all of that. She doesn't uh, want to admit what she knows. Yeah. That yeah. what he does and what he can do and what he has done. Um, she yeah. knows it, but she doesn't want to admit it. Yeah. And then also, um, how, uh, it, it seemed like she, um, was kind of scared of him because, because he had talked about how he had strangled or drowned the husband. Yeah, he pulled him down the water or something. Is that what he... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he drowned him. He uh, drowned him and the bubbles came out of his mouth or something. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it was, like, intimidating. Like, maybe he she... kind of manhandles have... her, too. Yeah, yeah. So maybe she didn't have much of a choice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you right now, there's a little part in her womanness that was seething mad at him the, for kissing Penny. And watching mm-hmm. that, having to watch that going on, she I guarantee she was right. not happy well, about that. After the twist, you know why she's angry. Yeah. Because yeah. at first you think that, you know, is is he, she fraternizing with the help? Is that what she doesn't like? Mm-hmm. You don't realize the depth right. of why she's angry about this. <laughs> no, and that's what I thought at first, too, is like, right. um, you know, she's looking down on her for that. Yeah. She doesn't want somebody helping her out in this situation, yeah. you know, or because I mean, she in in pub is well, I don't know if you'd call it public, but around other people, she treats Robert pretty shitty. She's always dismiss. Oh, I'm sorry, pretty bad. She's always dismissing him. Like you can go now, Robert. I don't need you anymore, Robert. Yeah, you they had to do that at the now. police station. They had to like yeah. establish their employer employee status. Yeah, while they were in there. Yeah. Yep. And um. Uh, <laughs> Should we go into the second twist? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, she's at home, or this is the, the stepmother. She's at home, and they're 
uh, I guess it's sort of like the lawyer maybe who uh, is, is there going over things about the, mm-hmm. the will and all that. And, um, and he says something about uh, uh, the, okay. the two people in the car. You know, yeah, she says something same, about yeah. She says about his daughter just died. My stepdaughter yeah. just died in the car accident. Yeah, right? and he is like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> he said, yeah. your, "Your stepdaughter committed suicide three weeks ago. <laughs> drowned in the lake, and it ends up being that's the girl we saw right being that pulled was Penny. from yes, that was Not Penny <laughs> being pulled from the uh, the the lake at the beginning. So." person who we think is penny is is actually what's her name maggie maggie who was friends or the caretaker for penny who was not uh, wheelchair bound it was no no she could have been up walking around the whole time she was penny's Uh, best friend yes penny's best friend and she knew uh what was being planned so she is sort of yeah well i mean so Again, I've only seen it once, so let me know if I have this clear. All right. So you guys can help me with this, right? <laughs> I'm not so, sure I know, but go ahead. Okay. So Penny, the the father and mother got divorced. So Penny uh-huh. went to go live with the mother in Italy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mother ends up dying. So Penny's yep. kind of on her own, except she's living basically with Maggie. Yep. She has her friend Maggie. They're best friends. They're inseparable, basically. And she's living with Maggie for like three years. Mm-hmm. And then her and Maggie go on holiday, they go on vacation, I guess in the Swiss Alps or something. And Penny ends up committing suicide. But before she commits suicide, she got a letter from her father saying that he was suspicious of Jane, Mm -hmm. right? That he wasn't trusting what Jane was doing. He didn't, there was something going on. So Penny dies, but the father finds out about this, but he doesn't tell Jane because he doesn't trust Jane. Is that pretty much right so far? So that's why Jane didn't know that the daughter had died, Mm -hmm. right? Because the husband was not communicating with her because he didn't trust her. I don't think that he knew about Robert, Mm -hmm. right? And then I think that Maggie comes and pretends to be Penny to figure out what was going on because Penny is sent a letter claiming that it's the father saying, I haven't seen you in so long. I can't wait to see you. Mm -hmm. And this is after the father already knew that Penny had killed herself. Yes. Mm-hmm. So automatically they know that something is really messed up. The father already had suspicions. This is obviously not the father doing this. And then she contacted his friend, the doctor. Right. So what yeah. I don't understand so far is at what point does the doctor know that this is Maggie, not Penny? Did he know this the whole time? Yeah, I think so. Like, is that why he was there pretty much right from the very beginning? Yeah, I th- remember I think when he Robert's was... just like, "Yeah, it's kind of weird. He was he was already here. I'm not even sure why. Like, mm-hmm. was he already there because he was already suspecting something?" Yeah, I oh, think he not... was good friends with the father, and he was and... keeping an eye on things as well. Yeah, but the and, wife and I... kept inviting him to dinner. Yeah, but remember, she says something. I don't even. She said it's your father's friend. Yeah. yeah. Right. He's he. I think that we're supposed to think that she's inviting him, but he's actually inviting himself. Mm-hmm. Well, and plus it keeps up the, the ruse that, you know, we're kind of thinking, is she involved with him at first? Right. It mm-hmm. helps move the story well, along. All it that. is, is the doctor showing up. He's, he's inviting himself, I think, so he can keep an eye on things. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think that's actually what's happening. <laughs> but Penny slash Maggie is in cahoots with the doctor from, from the beginning, from the very right? Beginning? From the very, I think so. Okay. 
So I that's why they... I, I want to know how to read that scene when they are at the dinner table. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's what I think. I think that they're... You mean when they touch hands? Well, no, when... Well, they t- she, he touches hands with Jane. With Jane. But I'm saying when Maggie's at the end and she's talking about the horse falling on her? Yeah. At that point, does the doctor know everything? Oh, you're talking about when he talked about it, it's all in her head. I don't, she could, she could get I don't up know, Ben, because he has that whole conversation with her about how she ought to get her legs re-looked at. That's kind of a, a weird conversation to have if, right. if he doesn't so know. I'm wondering if she confided in him afterwards. I don't Sometime know. Sometime the between then and the police station. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of think that that was all of all. Uh, um, Could have been all act. a ruse. I don't know. I think it was all a ruse. I think they, they were in cahoots like before she even got there. I think she was in contact with him or something. I don't know. Well, because the, the only thing that I'll just like, I mean, right when this movie was over, I was just like, holy crap. I like, I wrote down, I wrote down like 9.5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Holy crap!" Um, but then the things that started getting to me—I um, don't want to call this a dislike—but it's something that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out. Is now it makes me look at the first act differently, knowing the third act reveals. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have to accept the fact that Jane can somehow move a grown man's dead body from her bedroom within 30 seconds. Oh yeah, right, and yeah. not be soaking wet when she gets right back in that room because this this thing was wet because the seat was wet right mm-hmm. so like jane is really good at moving bodies apparently um so it, it's <laughs> certain things cart. like that you know yeah i'm like uh it's certain things like that where i'm like oh okay i don't know like uh it's hard to swallow <laughs> it's not impossible but uh uh-huh. it makes a lot i don't see jane with that upper body strength necessarily doing that um but anyway that's the only thing that it kind of it started making me rethink my rating after that, I won't. I won't say exactly what it is yet. Uh, but you know, it, yeah. it's it's definitely going to be interesting to keep going back to this one. Yeah, like I, like I said, I think you can go back and watch it and, and pick some certain things apart. Um, but I think you can do that with just about any movie. Uh, I think that there are some. You know, I'm not sure if this could really happen or if this there was enough time for this to happen or whatever. I, I, sometimes it's. It ruins it for you, but I don't know. I don't think that's going to ruin it for me. I just was so um, pleased with, with with this whole movie and the outcome. I, I'm, I'm, you know, you're thinking the whole time that there's definitely. Uh, did you ever think at, for one second that there was anything supernatural going on? Um, maybe for a second when I knew it was going somewhere, but I had no idea where. Like mm-hmm. for a second too, when Jane was talking to the um, lawyer in the police station and he's like, well, that, that's in crazy or impossible because she died three weeks ago for a second there. I'm like, well, does that mean Jane's really going crazy? And, you know, or, maybe, yeah, was, was, was she, was she Maggie or, or Penny a ghost the whole time? <laughs> Penny a ghost. I, you know, I did think it, I considered it as a possibility before I learned differently. Yeah. That's what, that's what I liked about it. There were mm-hmm. so I mean, many questions. Is, uh, you know, this is definitely a post-psycho movie because it deals a lot with mental health, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which was obviously in the zeitgeist at that point, especially with Psycho. Uh, but it ends up not being that movie, which is interesting. You think it's that movie in the first half and then it twists it on us yeah. um, in, in a really, really terrific way. Yeah. Well, I also thought that maybe the dad was a ghost who was trying to... Before I, you know, when I still thought it was Penny and yeah, all that. Warn her, maybe. Uh, or... Warning her, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I was. I mean, I wasn't sure. I was like, nah, I don't know if this you is know, until that chair was wet that one time when I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, obviously doing somebody's doing something, but I left it open as a possibility up until that point. Yeah. Now, um, speaking of the cinematography, that one shot, man, when she finds out, uh, when Jane finds out that the the girl's been dead for three weeks, and he said something about the girl out there. Yeah, <laughs> and she's sitting there she's on in the, the wheelchair on the yeah. cliff in the wheelchair. I was like, "Oh yeah. boy, this is awesome!" <laughs> Karma, baby. <laughs> and then yes. when Robert pops out, <laughs> what, what? I mean, what was Robert doing, boy? He was going down, and he was going to take her down with him. Yeah. He was pissed. <laughs> and it's, it's talking about another fall. That was a good one. Yeah, well, yeah. especially what I mean, that was looked like he was really an actress down there in that water. It, did. Um, it looked like she must have gotten she would get knocked around on those rocks some um yeah. but you know uh, <laughs> yes but that was that was the, that was the third twist yeah <laughs> that he thought he was killing uh penny slash maggie and he really <laughs> and they're killed all just jane watching. And he really killed Jane. He turns around and they're all just standing there watching him. <laughs> like, come with us. And he's like, yes. okay. And, and I like how the you... officer still says, please come with me. Yeah. Yes. Not like get down on the ground or anything like that. Yeah. He's just yeah. like, you know. <laughs> and it shows that he didn't even really love Jane or care about right. Jane. Yeah. Because no, he, he had no reaction it. when he realized, oh, I just killed Jane. It was like, oh, crap. I guess I'm caught now. I think he actually, not that he's a good person, but I think he had more feelings for Penny than he did for Jane. You know, I think that kiss kiss was real. And I think he hated himself a little, not enough to do anything about it. But when, uh, you know, he went and put her in the car and was going to, you know, he knew he was about to kill her. But I think he was attracted to Penny. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, he was pretty cold blooded. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) it's, It's his idea to kill her. Yeah, um, you know that's not really Jane. You know, Jane doesn't seem she goes along with it, but she doesn't seem to like that idea at all. Oh no, he's uh, definitely driving, especially yeah. with Jane. It's all about the money for for Robert. He had a a really um, he needed an, an expense account for all those uh, banana hammocks that he was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> so. He could buy a real bathing suit. <laughs> I guess that's hey the French Riviera in 1960. That's what you I wore. Guess. I don't know. I was surprised. <laughs> I mean, that's not uncommon for European swimwear. No, absolutely. Uh, I remember yeah. when I was when I was in Hungary. Uh, we went to a kind of a resort town with it was mostly Germans there, uh, but it was all like hot springs and everything, and it was nothing but banana hammocks. Uh, I, me and my friend were the only ones in like shorts. Everybody else, it was just. <laughs> like balls pressing against fabric uh, <laughs> um, and all press. shapes and sizes, man. It's like, you know, all body types, like everybody's lets it all hang out. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I wasn't surprised. Are you talking about the balls or people? <laughs> everything. Yeah. I'm talking about everything. Man. Um, nothing left to the imagination. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I wasn't surprised to see a uh, Bob banana hammock. <laughs> I was a little surprised just because <laughs> of this. And I was like, whoa, what's up? So, all right. That's what's up right yeah. there. That's right. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. What else? Anything else? 
Anything well? Anything else that we need um, to? I mean, just just to talk about the the way. There's not a lot of non non diegetic music. Mm-hmm. I like how these scenes play out in just you know the natural sounds. Uh, you're you're, you're allowed to go through the quiet of the room. Yeah, the squeaking of the wheelchair. Um, and then it's only the music is only there to punctuate scenes. Yeah, yep. and it's yep. effective in that way. You know, yep. it actually it gets you. You know, it's. It surprises you a little bit. Um, I feel like if there was too much music all the time going, it would have distracted me uh, from what was going on. But instead, it lets you, you know, like your penny. It lets you like kind of listen in the house and, you know, it's you're, almost you're like its own little character. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The knight, especially, becomes mm-hmm. its own character. Yeah. Uh, it lets you. I it can't. puts you inside her position a lot more. Yep. Yeah. And there's not a bad performance in this movie. Nope. No, everybody no. in the movie is is really good, and I, I mean, to me, this, this is just like right up there with with Psycho and with the Innocence and with those all those movies that you know are, are classics, and uh, really, really upsets me that this movie is not, doesn't really get much uh, love. I think I put it out there on Facebook about how many of you have seen this movie and like nobody is like, <laughs> well, even, <laughs> even when we kind of came up with the list and we were you know, deciding what week was what, and I saw taste of fear, like I had no idea what that was. Um, mm. and I, I mean, I purposely went into it blind, you know, I knew it wasn't a Gothic thing. That's all about all that I knew going into it. Uh, but yeah, I was pretty clueless going into this film. I mean, yep. 60s films tend to be something of a blind spot for me, at least the mid-60s. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of late 60s films, early 60s, but, you know, not not too many early 60s, but especially mid-60s are a real blind spot for me. Um, but, yeah, this one, completely not at all on my radar. Yeah, and it and just really, it, it just punches you right in the gut. You're like, man, this is, I, I found a movie from daggone 1961 that I'd never yeah. heard of. And it's this good that, that to me, that's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. So <laughs> that, that's, that's one, also one of the reasons why I wasn't going to forgive brides for <laughs> yeah. the yeah. script. I'm like, yeah. no, they could write damn good scripts <laughs> at this time. Uh, yeah. you know, and this is an example of it. That's it. There's no fat on this script. Yep. It is just, it moves constantly. The second you're in it, um, it's always moving. It's always changing. It's always twisting around. We have yep. multiple plot twists, and each yep. time a plot twist happens, it's not like stupid, you yep. know. Um, I, I, I found myself not just keeping up with the film, but the film was also keeping up with me. Yeah, it was anticipating mm-hmm. me. It was anticipating yep. the things I'd be thinking, and it was addressing them. Um, very smart. Yeah, very smart. Yes. Yeah. This is. This is. Uh, <sighs> you cannot be bored in this movie. You know what I'm saying? You just can't because you're engaged and grossed in the story and your wheels are turning, you know, the whole time. And that's but when you put it up against something like brides, this, I hate to use the words lazy, but this is not a lazy watch. Like with mm-hmm. brides, you put that on and you're just, you're just going to enjoy yourself for an hour yeah, and a half. Lean back and, yeah. yep. <laughs> <laughs> you can lay on the couch and watch it. This one, you're yep. going to be on the edge of your seat, like leaning yes. forward. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, all right. Yeah. Brides is a passive watch. This is an active watch. Yep. Um, you're, you know, you're engaged with this film. Yep. 
Yeah, I'm probably going to watch this again this weekend with my wife. I think this might be something Same here, she'd, exactly. she'd enjoy. <laughs> I, d- I don't know. She's normally not like wanting to watch anything with me like horror, and she's not really an older uh, movie type person. But I can't imagine anybody not liking this movie. I really just can't. I, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This would Love be a it. great movie to introduce people who, like, I know people who will just automatically dismiss something if they see black and white. This would be a way if you could get someone, you know, like your wife to watch this with you and kind of open mm-hmm. that door that there are mm-hmm. some gems out there. I, th- I think yeah. also the fact that, uh, um, that uh, I'm sorry, Susan Strasberg, that she's American, I think helps American audiences probably get into this, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't, this doesn't feel like a British film. Yeah. Um, you know, we have an American protagonist. She speaks with an American accent. Uh, we have just different accents throughout the film. Um, but I, I think that this would be very approachable for American audiences if they're not used to older films. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Anybody got anything else to say? Is is there anything negative? I mean, I know Vin, you were saying like maybe on a second watch. There might be a, yeah. a couple of things like, ah, could this have happened in this amount of time? Did she get the body strength right. to That's it move for me. a body around? No. Yeah. It's, it's, again, and until I have a second watch, I won't know if mm-hmm. those concerns will remain. Uh, it's just something that I'm thinking about now. Yeah. I literally wrote in my notes, no dislikes. <laughs> no dislikes. No yeah. dislikes. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't think of anything that I dislike either. And I... I mean, I'm not sure what would keep me from saying this movie is a perfect 10. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Again, so let's, for let's, me, it all comes down to how much the first act still makes sense. I bet after you, I, I bet know you what you're, the third I act I bet you you're going to give this That's a 9.25. <laughs> Am I right? I don't do 0.25s. <laughs> okay. You're At least I haven't. Nine. You're going to give it a 9. Go ahead. Go ahead and rate this thing. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 9. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's uh, that's still, you know, as far as letter grades go, that's still an A, right? Yeah. Um, this is still what I give when I give a nine, nine point five, ten. That's like classic status for me, mm-hmm. you know. So this is like I'm like this is like minor classic right now, um, and it could go higher. It could go higher with a rewatch. It will not go lower, mm-hmm. right? So this is like my minimum right now. Um, it could go up to a 9.5, even 10 on a rewatch. Uh, but my minimum right now is a nine. Uh, I was completely engaged. Um, you know, every single character is duplicitous, (laughs) you know, and and it's, it's great. Like there's not a single character who isn't pretending. Um, and I love seeing kind of villains get their comeuppance. Mm -hmm. Uh, and like I said, it's, you know, that, that first, you know, the first twist with Robert, I was expecting, but they they let it go long the, enough the where I got complacent, it. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was finally going to be like, oh, okay, they're not going to do, they're not going to do it. Uh, he's actually an okay guy, and then boom, she's in the water. Um, so it, it's <laughs> the just car you know, starts yeah. rolling. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it, it was like I, I, it was literally right to that point. Um, because yeah. here it is. He jump. He gets out of the car and he's talking with Jane. I was expecting. What I pictured in my head was the doctor was going to come out and push him over the cliff. 
Yeah. You know, that's like what I had in my head. And then all of a sudden it's rolling and she's in the water and I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, this is how they do it. And it just, you know, I get, I, I, I stopped it and I rewound it. I'm like, I got to watch that again. Um, so I went back and then they had the other twist and it's, you know, I, I felt like a dumbass <laughs> watching yeah. this film, but not for, not in an angry way. I'm like, wow, they're, they're really getting me. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, like I said, you know, beautiful film, beautiful protagonist uh yeah there's really nothing to dislike about this it's just it all depends on a rewatch as far as how much of the first act still makes sense to me um and i won't know until it's a rewatch so at this point it's a nine that'll that could go higher yeah i'm i'm gonna give it a nine five and i'm the same way with you rewatch could could uh could push this to to being way up there i mean i might do a nine seven five or i don't even know if if this uh, this is just one of those rare movies that I I enjoyed every second of it, every second of it. There wasn't like a lull, there wasn't like a character or a, a, an actor that got on my nerves. I didn't think anything about the script was stupid or at all. And in the fact that it it nails you with two or three twists and like yeah. I didn't see any of them coming that's hard to do yeah so uh yeah not 9.5 and, and it could go up but like you said that that's as low that's the that's the floor for me is 9.5 and this is just one that i i i could see this i don't think they can do it because of hammer but like this this deserves like a criterion collection release or something i mean mm. it 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 can't be sharing a Blu-ray for $8 with another movie. This needs like a really good treatment. You know, I know pretty much everybody in the movie is probably dead now. And and it doesn't seem like they have much as far as like bonus, you know, what could they do if everyone's dead and nobody's around anymore, but at least they could do a really nice transfer and, and, uh, you know, cause it was beautiful. I mean, the, the black and white is, is beautiful. And it, you said, Tammy, a lot of people have issues with black and white. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a bonus for me. Mm-hmm. I love black and white movies, black and white photography. I mean, just something about it that really, um, it, it really helps you to, to focus on the movie. Well, I don't think the corpse would have been as effective. In color, mm-hmm. oh, no. I think it looked creepier in black and white the way that it was Absol- shown. Absolutely, uh, no, it 100%. might have had some of the problems that the you know you were saying how like the white makeup um, wasn't applied so great in Brides. Mm-hmm. You yeah. would have had it would have been open to things like that. I think if it had been filmed in color. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tammy, what's your uh, rating? I'll just one on what you were saying. I don't know out by you guys, but. In the Midwest here, we have a, a theater chain, Marcus Theaters, and um, they bring old movies back uh, and show them on the big screen. And I think this would lend itself really well to that yeah. if they ever thought to do that. This would be um, a good like festival film. Yes, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Faye, you know, the one that runs the Psycho Cinema, the one that we went to. Yeah, and, and they do a, a movie every Tuesday night in their psycho cinema club. And I know they can't do every film because of like rights and everything. But if she can get this, 
I will I will drive two and a half hours to be there. Uh, I, I really will. This Your this is yep. So go ahead, Tammy. It's All right. So I'm going to share something about myself. I am a passionate movie watcher. And <laughs> I just have to say that to discover a gem like this is just one of those things in life that makes me so, so <laughs> happy. <laughs> I can't explain it. It's just a thing. And this movie definitely did it. Um, I really liked that the female, the you know, as a female protagonist, and she was smart, and she didn't have to. Well, I mean, she was dead, but in the the movie, she didn't have to die at the end. Like, you know, I mean, as great as Psycho was and all that, she still mm-hmm. got liked, you know. Yep. So I really liked that about it, and I loved how Hitchcocky it was. I'm a huge Hitchcock fan. I'm giving it a ten. I'm going there, and yep. possibly on a rewatch. The things even that I could find to pick it up, pick apart would they'd just be nitpicks. It, it wouldn't even be enough, I don't think, to knock it down. I think this is pretty much a perfect movie. And so I, what, what you're saying on a rewatch, it could go to eleven. It could. <laughs> you know, I have given those before, and this it goes one to go eleven, there. baby. Yeah. 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 Yep. I don't. I again, I can't fault you for giving it a ten. I just, uh, I, I really want to talk more about this film i know (laughs) you know what we should do is we should have a a a facebook watch party you ever you ever done one of those i've never done one but this would be a great one to yeah i just upload the movie or whatever and then anybody that wants to watch it you know we could do like a friday night or something and just do a, a screening and you know people can type along or whatever Mm. But, it'd be uh, so great to watch other people watch this, you know, like mm-hmm. see their reactions and stuff. Yeah. And I, I'm interested. I'm really interested in hearing Brandon and um, um, Watson's. Well, uh, Brandon also but, gave the score for this one. He said 7.5 for this one as well. Yeah. Well, he's kicked uh, off the show. Yeah. yeah he's he's I, wrong, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, all right. Well, that that's going to do it for we the love fest that is uh, Scream or Taste of Fear. And, and, and uh, that's another one whose trailer doesn't at all reflect what this movie is actually like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But so, all right. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, Vin, where can people uh, find you on the internet? Uh, the blog is uh, therevenantreview.com. Or else you can find me on the uh, Horrorcast uh, Facebook group page. All right. Tammy? I'm Blogless. You can just find me on the Horrorcast Facebook page. Blogless. Blogless in Seattle. Yep. All right. Uh, you can... Uh, uh, email us at askthehorrorcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the HCast. Check us out on Instagram, uh, Horrorcast. And then, of course, our Facebook page and my personal uh, profile, Mark Nato, and the Horrorcast. If you just type in Horrorcast on uh, Facebook, it'll take you to our group. And, uh, you know, we let you in if you ask nicely. So uh, there you go. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the horror cast where we're all killer. No filler. Stay scared. <laughs>